Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Greetings, comrades, and uh, welcome to the Eastern Border. This is going to be one of those unedited episodes. We're coming back to, back to our newest format after all, because, oh boy. And if you're wondering, why am I posting two episodes today? Well, yeah, because I just posted the interview with Dylan Burns uh, a few hours ago, mind you, because that was interesting collaboration there. Well, back then I did not know that I need to do a news episode as well. Well, I did, but I thought this might wait or something. But uh, yeah, basically what happened is that the news are just too big. So if you, after listening to this episode, want to know something more about the current events, I'll be probably not sleeping and on Twitter. And tomorrow, by the way, I'm going to go on the Telegraph podcast, where uh, I was supposed to talk about my article, and we're going to talk about that too, but a lot about today's episode subject as well. But all in all, if you don't want to catch up there and you're just ready to wait for the next episode, you can always check out that interview. And I really hope you will. It was a really great talk with, with Dylan, and I truly enjoyed everything. But uh, to see the events that happened today, well... Uh, yeah, they were just too big to not make an episode about. So I'm super tired. I've been working all day long. It's about t- close to 2 a.m. in the morning as I'm recording this. It's not going to be very pretty, but it had to be done. Please forgive me, everyone um, who was just listening to this after a while has passed. What happened is that Vyacheslav Gladkov, the governor of Russia's Belgorod region, announced today, well, yesterday, earlier, that uh, Ukraine military sabotage and reconnaissance group had entered the region's Grevoron district from Ukraine. He wrote on Telegram that, quote, Russian military forces as well as the border service, the Russian National Guard and the FSB are taking necessary steps to eliminate the enemy. And, of course, as soon as I start speaking again, my cat's popping in, but, you know, it's late and it's gonna have to be what it is. thing is that um, before Gladko's statement, Russian and Ukrainian telegram channels had reported that Ukrainian troops had invaded the region's district, uh, Grevoron, on Monday morning, and that fighting had, vill- uh, fighting had broken out in the villages of Dronovka, Glotovo, Kazinka, and Goropodol as a result. One channel reported that a Ukrainian tank had entered the territory of the Russian border service checkpoint in Kozinka, but, uh, well, it's not just one tank, there was a lot of tanks happening there, and tanks and vehicles and everything, 
that we got pictures later on. I'm just going to go through this somewhat chronologically and use all sorts of statements. And, uh, well, RT at that point earlier reported that saboteurs had captured local house of culture, but that they were surrounded by Russian forces. Turned out that wasn't true at all. And, uh, yeah, border checkpoint and multiple other burnings of Zinka were initially destroyed and partially destroyed. It was all a bit weird. Initially, Gladkov denied the reports of saboteurs, quote-unquote saboteurs, entering the region's border villages, calling them the result of a large-scale formation attack that was being carried out amid massive shelling in the district. But, uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that. He also initially said that no civilians had been killed or injured, but later on, he, again, stated otherwise. And Kat, please, at this point, do not eat the microphone wire. That would be very bad. Well, what happened was that at 9.43 a.m. local time, the Freedom of Russia Legion, a unit of the Ukrainian Armed Forces that perpetratedly consists of Russian volunteers, posted a video statement to the Russians titled, quote, The Legion is Coming Home. It stated, Residents of the border regions, stay home, don't resist, and don't be afraid. We're not your enemy. The group also published a photo of a white blue-white flag, writing that it had been hung over the liberated towns. About 2 p.m., when I found out about this situation, because I was a bit busy in the morning, Legion reported that it, along with the Russian Volunteer Corps, had fully liberated the village of Kozinka, which is still the situation now, as far as I get it, and that its forward detachments had entered the crown, the town of Grevoron. It later reported that Gora Podol has also been traversed through all this, all this situation, which was just uh, yeah, a bit weird. The Ukrainian Defense Ministry's main intelligence directorate confirmed that the fighters from this Russian Volunteer Corps and the Freedom of Russia Legion had actually entered the Belgorod region, saying the goal of the operation was to, to, quote, create safety zones for the protection of Ukrainian civilians. Quote, Ukrainian military, military intelligence spokesman Andriy Yusov said, the events in the Belgorod region and other border territories are a consequence of Putinist Russia's full-scale invasion and aggressive war against Ukraine. Yes, Russian citizens, namely Russian Volunteer Corps and Freedom of Russia forces, have assumed responsibility for these events. In my view, we can only commend the decisive actions of the opposition-minded citizens of Russia who are prepared for armed conflict against the criminal Putin regime. And as Zelensky's advisor Mikhailo Podolyak stated that the Ukrainian authorities had actually no direct connection to the events of Belgorod region. Belgorod region. He wrote on Twitter... The only real political power in an airtight totalitarian state will inevitably devolve to armed partisan movements. Ukraine is observing the events in Russia's Belgorod region with interest and studying the situation, but has no direct connection. As far as we know, and this is the best part, tanks are sold in every Russian army supply store and the underground partisan units consist of citizens of Russia. State news agency TASS named one of the participants in the armed invasion as a Russian nationalist Alexei Levikin. Levikin is on Russia's federal wanted list, and, well, he's been... He's been now once again reminded that he's searched for. Because, you know, he was charged in absentia in 2018, he was a ton of mess and everything. Russian presidential press secretary Dmitry Peskov stated that Vladimir Putin is aware of the attempted invasion of the Belgorod region. Quote, The defense ministry, the FSB, and the border service have informed the Russian president and commander-in-chief of the attempt by the Ukrainian sabotage group to breach the Belgorod region. Work is being carried out to expel them from Russia's territory and destroy the sabotage group. There are plenty of forces and assets at the scene, he said. We understand the goal of these operations perfectly well. They aim to distract attention from the Bakhmut area and to minimize the political effect of Ukraine's loss of Artemovsk. Well, Artemovsk is how they, how they call Bakhmut. 
Now, I was here all day long just reporting about all this situation. So first thing I did when I was messaged about the fact that, hey, something like this was happened, especially about the villages and everything, and, you know, I called about this about an hour late. I've been up for like 12 hours doing nothing but working on this. Of course, I checked with Mr. Gerken. Cat, please stop eating my feet at this point. Again, I'm I'm very sorry about this because this is the middle of the night and... Kind of, I want to record this in one sitting because I'm going to be in the Telegraph podcast tomorrow and uh, need to sleep as well. Well, Girkin stated the following after I read on his kind of statements about all, all of this. One, well, it's safe to say that our intelligence of all agencies worked on the plus side again. Even I, notorious for my stupidity, panic and cowardice, warrant officer reconstructionist, warned about the enemy's forthcoming sortie, not the last, by the way, I'm sure, in our territory in advance. And, and so they invaded, and even, it turns out, successfully, they broke in. Now we shall beat them off, destroying our own population centers. One word, well done. The fact that this is not an offensive is hardly any consolation for the inhabitants of those villages, which, for half a year, have been undergoing shelling by the enemy's artillery. That's the Ukrainian one, which is kind of true. And now they have met the enemy's soldiers on their streets. My congratulations to the SMG, the 5th service of the FSB, the FSB intelligence service, and all others involved. Way to go! So, obviously, he's mocking the whole situation up there. Now, soon after that, a regime of, um, I think, counter-terrorist operation, yes, of counter-terrorist operation was announced in, uh, in these districts, which basically puts a huge stamp on all your civil, all your civil, all your civil liberties, and, well, they started blowing up bridges and apparently sending in army, you know, units. Because at that point, well, we also saw videos where the Ukrainian side had managed to trophy some military vehicles. And there were explosions of ammo dumps and everything, and it was a mess. And, uh, yeah, apparently Russian side started blowing up, blowing up bridges because, well, this Belgian region... Again, I'm sorry, I haven't slept, been working all night, and now Kat is just also trying to destroy the show again. Well, at that point, it was found out that, uh, yeah, there are nuclear weapons up there. At one point, Ukrainian units, well, not Ukrainian, these these guys are, I think, the Russian separatists or whatever. Of course, this whole thing turned into a massive meme on the internet. Uh, basically, what, it, what turned out was that, uh, yeah, they're eight kilometers away from acquiring nukes. Well, all the... Clubhouse channels full of Vatniks and everything, everywhere else, it was just going crazy. And we saw videos of these Free Russia Legion fighters, or Russian Liberation Legion fighters, posting things and everything. And um, yeah, it seemed to me, and still, by the way, seems to me, that these are just uh, totally weird maneuvers, side stuff. For, for propaganda reasons, not to create panic, Putin must respond in force, and he has no other way. And that requires resources that are, well, not just available over there. Talking about which, later on today, we would find out that the promised Russian military units would just, you know, drive around and not even stay anywhere, because Russia simply could not even uh, gather enough um, forces to send in this whole situation. There were reports of losses on both sides, and really don't trust them that much, but I know that they are evacuating nukes in haste, a lot. Called up some people, let's just say that. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, how many people have lost everything? Pfft, that was weird. Of course, well, memes start happening. If you see Belgorod People's Republic, that's what they mean. 
<laughs> that was just bizarre. At one point, by the way, uh, Defmon, one of the more reliable guys on the internet, he uh, posted the thing that Girkin had stated that apparently um, shoot cops on sight thing uh, was going on there. Cause, but, but that turned out like... I thought Girkin had deleted it, so I just deleted the retweet, because Defmon is usual, but that part actually turned out to be a Ukrainian psyop. Yeah, because I, I checked how the tweet was made, and yeah. But it went, it went there, it went viral for a while. The Ukrainians did a massive psyop work in this thing. It was just stupid crazy what they were doing and how they were pushing everything. It was truly weird. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And, yeah, apparently there were, like, all sorts of things, like, pushed through. And, of course, Grey Zone and Russian Times, RT, pushed as much as possible about, you know, how this whole thing could be a trap. And that that makes no sense because, you know, trap has to be secret. And secondly, Russian uh, special operation is obviously going so well that they can trap their own country and, you know and trap Russian soldiers there after all this stuff. And this is just after they have been celebrating Bakhmut as the second taking of Berlin in World War II. Meanwhile, I started reading uh, telegram channels of the local local Russian news, like, you know, Belgorod Oblast and all this stuff, and talking to my Ukrainian buddies. Mass evacuation had happened. It was just uh, tons of buses were sent in, and, you know, that that's where the, most of the resources went. And apparently... Apparently, basically, uh, at this point, when I was reading this, uh, the governor of the Belgrade district stated, quote, The situation in Grevoron remains tense. Again, there's sabotage, reconnaissance group, everyone keeps claiming that they, there's nothing to do with Russians or whatever. But, uh, yeah, they have been um, tried to evacuate as many people as humanly possible. They didn't evacuate nearly enough, but, uh, yeah, that was that was just weird. Oh, and uh, talking about the whole counter-terrorism operation, sanctions... Quote, <clears throat> these special restrictions include, because, again, I'm checking from a bunch of notes. I've been really working on this all day long. These restrictions range from checking individuals' ID documents to spe- suspending the activities of dangerous manufacturing facilities or organizations that involve explosives, radioactive materials, or chemically or uh, biologically dangerous substances. And also, basically, you can just be, you know, your phone can be tapped to in this area. You can be uh, entered, your home can be entered to, and it's just uh, a bizarre situation that, that just totally happened at this point. Just weird. Meanwhile, I started getting videos from actually tanks and vehicles entering the place and, you know, people, local guys trying to get into lockdown, uh, kind of um, lockdown bomb shelters, which never really worked. And we, we heard words like, um, quote, tell the governor Gladkov that he's a faggot 
I'm sorry for the statement, it's just a direct quote here. We're being bombed here, what are you getting paid for? There was a local woman that was just, you know, stating this into some Russian camera while she was, while they were opening the bomb shelter. And again, this is weird, because fighting still went on for, for villages. <laughs> Meanwhile, obviously, people in, in, in Twitter and on the internet went crazy. And if you look at how the border control section, I think some of them might be deleted now, but at one point, the Google review page on the whole section there, uh, yeah, on border crossing, that was just weird. But again, the Russian citizens and the Belgorod were just very angry. Those who stayed there even, that was just, that was just bizarre. Then the updates died down a bit, especially, but we got this statement from uh, Alliance of Indigenous Peoples, you know, the guys who are working for the separation of, of Russia into various parts by their native republics, which I support and all this stuff. And then we found out there was also an explosion in Sevastopol, but, um, you know, that was the... That was more or less a, a peaceful, peaceful thing part, because there was a, there was basically a thing that explosion happened on, on the, on the carriage bridge. It was just bizarre it, all over. And that was just, just crazy. All of the day was crazy. And that was up until the point where I've got to this point, and you might have noticed some skips here, but I was recording this a bit earlier about, uh, started out, started out at one point, decided to just redo everything as I was recording the first take of all the situation, explosions in the center of Belgorod happened, and there was a closing down of Preobrazhensk Street, with um, apparently two helicopters flying in and striking the local militia, or Ministry of Internal Affairs, local police building, and the local FSB building, which both apparently had exploded. We don't know the casualties yet. Again, the Russians obviously state that they lost nobody, they, they just have already almost killed everyone, and... Uh, Latest news from the Russian side, which are totally exaggerated, which is coming from Ribar, is that they, um, you know, have killed 39 of the Ukrainian invaders and everything. But again, that's bullshit data that no one believes in. What we know is that the Ukrainian guys, or Russian separatists, uh, I should be more correct, were very careful about not crashing civilians. So there's not much of that. Of course, there are some, some, some people wounded from the artillery shelling, but at least they were really polite. Latest thing is that, um, well, as far as I know of all information happening at 1.27 a.m. my time, is that Ribar, a Russian news site, reported that on this point, the enemy has gone into hiding. We are moving in control groups, walking through uh, carefully through, uh, through various streets, but everything is in ease. Like a lot of places have been bombed by artillery, and the explosions happened, so they are—they haven't left. They are in hiding, and we're trying to hunt them down. But it's all a bit weird. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. Basically, this this whole attack and everything. Ugh, nobody knows at this point of recording whether or not these people are still there. They're, they've gone to hiding, but they've caused them a lot of panic. There was a lot of panic, a lot of destroyed stuff. Uh, again, helicopters strike in the middle of the night at. Um, at the FSB building and everything. We also heard reports that actually, you know, they have overestimated their own Donbass success and everything that like that. But it's very strange, and I'll be updating this information as it goes. But all in all, this whole situation there, well, we have to see. We have to see. If, um, if these guys actually are Russian separatists, because, oh, by the way, United States' reaction about this was, well, we never recommend uh, that Ukraine attack... Uh, the Russian territory, but you know, as uh, you know, they they are, they are obviously very free to do wage their war as they please. 
Internet, of course, went through completely with, uh, you know, 146% of remaining people in these territories have already decided to become Ukrainian citizens, Belgorod People's Republic, and this was one time where uh, the NAFO unit decided to go all out and replay uh, the whole tricks of whole of the Russian propaganda. That's what happened today. Uh, apparently, also, a um, an aide, a close aide, as a teacher, kind of the the guy who fulfills the duties with the other guy's absent, like the, the uh, aide and advisor to the Belgorod Oblast um, governor, he apparently had been wounded as well. And we saw pictures of exploded ammo dumps, we saw videos of radar stations being exploded. Again, a lot of mess, mostly psychological, and at one point I was trying to do some OPSEC, and I was told that Ukrainian side is just putting out stuff all, all the while. I think truly this was a side effect created to cause a lot of panic, together with all the other statements by these Russian opposition groups, and quite unexpected, but uh, there are two options of this. I think one of the options might be that this actually might encourage might encourage other Russian separatist forces to do something uh, in the future, because this is a huge blow to Russian propaganda, again, because Ribar also stated that no real Russian other aid was coming in. Secondly, well, this works as a great PSYOP. This is how you do a PSYOP, you know, all those people who condemned everything else as a PSYOP. This is how you do it if this is a PSYOP. This is a great one. Finally, eight kilometers from a place where everyone knows nuclear weapons are being held. I wouldn't be surprised if they would be fighting at that point right now, right there, because, um... Yeah. That changes the negotiation table, doesn't it? That's a major blow. And I'm not even saying to the good side, this, uh... I still don't believe Putin's going to use nukes, but it's going to be a very complex situation. I want to see what good can post in the morning. I will be following this through at least for about two hours. Not going to go to sleep. Yeah, as this reports. Going to be posting this on Twitter as much as I can. It's going to be a wild night for me. But yeah, this is what we know. I know that this whole event happened. If someone's trying to tell you that it didn't, again, as I was recording this, final explosions happened and all eyes on the nuclear weapons uh, stash. And as we know, guys have gone to hiding, but the partisans do, that's their job, and they were really prepared, and the videos were really well made. Oh, lots of uh, explaining to do, lots of checking up. Definitely going to have to check up on this as well. I'm also not going to be in Latvia for a while, for a week. I have to go to Spain for a bit. That's a bit of a mandatory thing. I will be a bit in Barcelona, a bit in Madrid, so you can like poke me up if, you, if you're going to be there during the next week, but I'll be working all, all, all the time from there, it's, um, like I said, this is not a tourism tourism thingy that I'm doing, it's just a thing that I should do, and, and, and I promised that I would do, it's, it's a long story, but yeah, well, like I always say, the Svidanya Tavarishi, if you want to become the patron of our show, please consider becoming our patron on patreon.com slash border. Or you can just always go to our homepage, the Eastern Border LV, and click the donate button there. We will be very helpful, very happy about this. Sorry, English language skills deteriorating from from speaking so much today. And uh, as always, happiness is mandatory. Now, and if you want to contact us, the email is as usual, theeasternborder@gmail.com, or just message us on Twitter. That would always be good. I will keep you as much, as updated as I can. And if you hadn't listened to the interview with Dylan Burns, well, please go check it out. До свидания.